Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mericatani. Welcome back to Matt Chat. Today it is my pleasure to be joined by the Director of Operations and the Head RTC Coach at Illinois, Brian Medlin. Coach, I know you've been running around a lot. Thanks, thanks so much for carving some time out for me. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's uh, exciting stuff. Well, we've uh, I think we've both been hearing about each other for a while. We got a chance to visit a little bit in Vegas and a little bit more in Minnesota. And I definitely wanted to have you on the show. So um, let's dig into it. Um, a lot of people, I love to talk to people, but just how did they get started in wrestling? So, you know, where did your roots come from? Yeah, um, probably the same story as most kind of Midwestern kids. You know, I was in a I was in a neighborhood, and, you know, there's a bunch of wild kids running around playing, and, you know, our parents got a flyer for wrestling and, you know, had, didn't really have much experience with it. You know, I was fully kind of expecting to see the turnbuckles and, you know, things like that. But, you know, <laughs> got there and, uh, and, you know, was, was blown away by it from like the first second. You know, I love the physicalness of it. And, you know, uh, you know, my parents were supportive. You know, I, I don't, my dad, he, he didn't really get sports too much. You know, he was, he was under the assumption that, you know, wasn't going to make me split wood any faster, or, you know, get me, get my, chores done any faster so uh he didn't really have much use for it but he was supportive and you know he he, he made time for me to get up there and you know was you know made made a way for me so it was it was great it was a great first experience with wrestling there wasn't a lot of pressure for me and you know i got to kind of choose if i loved it for me or if somebody was kind of pushing me into it that's awesome yeah because a lot of people get into wrestling the wrong way and they get out of it just because of that yeah so. yeah you know, we we all know guys like that um, that just they got burned out because people were pushing them, and you see the people that that make it big time at the college and the senior level. You know, most of those guys were not pushed. Most of those guys didn't have crazy parents. They just kind of let let the sports come to them. Yeah, yeah, and I mean at the at the highest levels and in, in anything, I'm sure it doesn't matter if it's baseball or football or any sport, any, you know, business, anything like that, it's got to come from within inside of you. And, you know, as long as you're doing it for somebody else, it isn't going to matter. You know, I think uh, it has to be pure passion and pure love for, for what you're doing. So I'm really glad I kind of got started in that in that way. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that we sort of indirectly have in common is that you have a military background and I spent a lot of my time working with Randy Couture on raising v money for wounded veterans. Oh, that's and, awesome. And the military background and the crossover into wrestling is fascinating to me. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got into the military, what you learned from that experience, and, and how it helped you grow in wrestling. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I pretty impulsively kind of joined the military. Uh, you know, when it got close to my senior year of high school you know I knew I wasn't sure what I wanted to do but I, I knew I was pretty sure I wasn't ready for college at that time so um you know I went in I looked at all the services and you know the Marine Corps had that like cami camel paint guy and you know the dress <laughs> blues were super cool so uh so I jumped right in and uh and went in and it was the best best decision I made you know up to that point in my life so um you know I was a sergeant I made it to the O three eleven, which is kind of a basic rifleman. Um, you know, I think as I look back on, you know, some of the things that I may or may not have done, you know, I think one of the, the biggest honors I had was, was representing the Marine Corps in wrestling and, you know, just outside of it. So, you know, I think uh, it was one of those turns. I really didn't know if I was taking it at the time, if it was even the right call, but, you know, it was a risk that ended up being exactly what I needed at the time. So, you know, I got maturity and, you know, without that, there's there's just no way I was gonna make it, you know, through college the way I did. So, you know, I'm 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 really happy that, that I chose that path and you know, I met my best friends, you know, I met, you know, the the best men at my wedding and, you know, people that I'll have a bond with forever. You know, just one of those things and, you know, I'm just I'm just really happy now that it's over. I mean it wasn't you know, there were times, you know, when uh uh I kinda doubted myself a little bit, you know, but now that it's over and I look back, you know, I would I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for the world. Yeah, Randy talks about that a lot. That you know, I mean, his story was he came directly out of high school into the military like yourself, and then 
ended up going to college as a freshman, I think at like 24 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and you get that you get that experience that, you know, you're older and you kind of have already, you know, you understand what it takes to kind of be successful, you know, and you, you, uh, you know, you've had somebody regiment your time for you and, you know, you understand that there's time to relax and do things you want to do. And then there's times that, you know, you're supposed to study and, and things like that. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it really does help if, if you're, if you're one of those persons like, like me, you know, and I'm not sure if he was, but definitely like me that, that, that needed a lot more structure and, and what they were doing. Again, I shouldn't speak for him, but I, he told me just the maturity level that it sort of forces you to have. And I think kids these days, a lot of them don't manage time well. They don't time block. They don't have structure in their lives. And the military, at least, and, you know, you can certainly speak to this. I'm just sort of, you know, talking about this secondhand, but it definitely just feels like it gives you – discipline and structure for the rest of your life which is great yeah yeah no one you hit the nail on the head you know i mean that's the that's the thing it does give you you know i mean you get to you get to do some pretty cool stuff and you get to travel and you know i to me that was the first time i was ever on an airplane you know it was the first time i saw the ocean first time i got to go overseas you know there was a lot of there was a lot of first to give me but you know the big thing is you know it's something that i i take now you know when i'm when I'm trying to write out a schedule for, you know, my kids and making sure they get the track and the cross country and cheerleading and everything else, you know, it impacts you in all the rest of these other ways. And like I said, I, I, I don't know where I would have been, you know, had I not, not really, you know, taken that path. I probably would have just, just went to college for a little bit and wouldn't work construction. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad I chose it. So it, it was good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds life changing. So, um, let's talk, you mentioned you got a chance to represent, you know, the, the core in the United States. What, what events do you remember competing in? And, and, you know, I got a chance to wrestle like in the junior college national team and wrestle in events like the Austrian Grand Prix and the Canadian cup and things like that. Like those things to me will always be things that I cherish. Yeah. Because, you know, it, granted, I, you know, wasn't in the Olympics or things like that, but, you know, I got a chance, and I have those singlets and those sweats saved to let, you know, to this day. What 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 are some of the things you competed in, and, and how did they impact you just as a young man, you know, sort of change your perspective on things? Yeah, no, um, I, I I got to travel quite a bit. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something that I had to pay for, too, which was which was nice. You know, you, you see a lot of these senior-level athletes, at least – they were back then, you know, they were kind of self-funded and, you know, they had to go through, you know, out of their own pocket to, they want to go to Russia to compete or wherever. But, you know, we went to Russia and Finland and, and things like that. You know, I got to go to Tokyo, Japan and, and wrestle freestyle with their national teams. You know, I was there for six months and, uh, you know, I've been to North Ossetia, trained with their, their, their national team, the Russian national team and, you know, got to wrestle Greco in St. Petersburg and, Finland and Sweden and Norway and, you know, things like that, you know, it did, the main thing I think it did for me, you know, is it kind of sparked an interest, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I was kind of from a part of the state that was, you know, it, historically, they, they just didn't have like those, those big time Chicago athletes, you know, the central part of the state was, was kind of undiscovered. It wasn't that it was bad. It just, just didn't have all of those other things and, you know, getting to see, wrestling outside of it and get to see it at such a high level, you know, I I started seeing a lot of things that I, you know, fell, fell in love with it, you know, and, and the passion that I felt, you know, kind of taking me from that point to now, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't love, you know, folk style and I don't appreciate it and everything else, but, you know, the movement behind freestyle and the way it's, you know, in and out and those kinetic big moments and, you know, the, and even for for Greco, just the violence of it and the hard fought and you know things like that. It's just something that it doesn't matter. You know, it was it's it's beautiful and you know each one of those each one of those things that kind of you know once it's inside of you, it's like a tick. You know, it's, you don't get it yeah. out. You know, it just kind of keeps growing and, and filled. You know, I think uh, it's one of those things. That I'm I'm really happy I was able to experience those because I you know and obviously. 
think it would have probably taken me down another path had I not had I not been able to to be a part of that stuff, you know. And and I think you know even even just a little bit at the time, you know, even just seeing a little bit more wrestling, you know, it just sparked that big interest. And then I found myself, you know, on a Japanese subway, you know, traveling two hours <laughs> there and back, you know, to to the north side of you know Tokyo to train with. Takiero Water, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm currently like, I'm, I'm not fluent, but I'm, I'm getting to where I can speak pretty good Russian, you know, just so I could kind of ask better questions whenever we go over there. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, without those first experiences, you know, getting to go overseas and, you know, seeing how big the wrestling world is and, you know, seeing how much, you know, it's okay to love it. You know, I think that that's a, that's a big thing for me, you know, as I, I wasn't sure, you know, how much wrestling was supposed to be part of your life. You know, you you grow up and it's supposed to be, you know, your work, you you know, you you uh take care of your family and, you know, things like that. You know, that's kind of the central Illinois farmland, you know, but you know, I think uh I think it, I started to see how big wrestling was and it was okay to love it. You know, it was okay, it was a great sport and you know, it was okay to, to feel that passion about it. So you know, I, I don't really do much, you know, outside of wrestling, but, you know, it's a great, it's a great lifestyle, more or less. And, you know, without those, those first little moments, I don't know where it would have been, so. Yeah, I think these kind of talks, when you kind of get a chance to, you know, be introspective and retrospective are interesting because, you know, one of the cool parts of, of my doing these podcasts is I get to talk to guys that are the best, you know, just it's crazy and the accessibility of these people are just so they're I always call them intellectually generous you know I remember talking to you at Minnesota just about how to approach a couple matches you know there's there's a young man I was coaching there and you know like hey coach what do you think you're like yeah come on let's talk you know these kind of people what you guys do and, and your generosity is is really interesting and and it I think it's fascinating to people to listen to one of the things that you said to me that I love doing these interviews because I always think I know how they're going to go and they never go that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talked about the subtle differences. You, know, you talked about the explosiveness and violence, I think, of Greco and sort of the kinetic movement of freestyle. And, you know, we didn't really touch on folk style when you were talking to me about that. What if, you, if I said compare and contrast those three styles, what really stands out to you there? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, where they're based at, you know, I think folk style is about control. You know, I think it's it's more about, you know, yeah, you get points for, for putting a guy on his back or whatever, but, you know, the base of it is, you know, you take a guy down and, you know, if you can hold him, take a guy down and hold him down for, you know, a whole period, you're you're in, you're in pretty good shape, you know. Um, you know, I think you, you compare that a little bit with freestyle, where freestyle is more about motion, you know, in and, out and different ties and you know the way you don't have to actually control somebody to score you know you can you can find a position that you're you know you understand and, and you use that to explode with your hips and you know throw the guy through and you know don't really need to control him at any point and then then you got Greco is a little bit a combination of both but it's much more violent you know you watch you watch high level Greco I mean you can you put your hand on the mat and you can feel them hanging it out you know, you could feel those guys really just, you know, getting after it. And, you know, the even just those underhooks that, you know, while they're on TV, you know, you may hear a little slap or something, but that's that's violence. You know, and there, cause there just isn't that many positions. You know, it's it's directly yeah. limited in the fact that you know you have to wrestle with your upper body, so it yeah. takes away a lot of the, a lot of the idea of you know, it takes away half your half your techniques. You know, half your scoring holds. And so. You know, once you're limited and you got to fight for those, you know, I think that that's when, you know, a lot of a lot of those kind of intangibles in an athlete pop out, you know, that grit and, you know, the ability to kind of take a shot, you know, from an elbow to the nose and, you know, just kind of <laughs> kind of stand up and keep going. You know, I look at, I was watching, and I know, you know, the Americans really wanted him, you know, it made me think about Roman Vlasov in the Olympics. I, I mean, when he, so I, I think, I think Bizek lost to the Serbian guy maybe, and then the Serbian wrestled Vlasov, and he needed to win to keep Bizek going. Right. And, and at the end, you know, Vlasov's kind of, you know, he gets he's in a front headlock, and it turns into just a guillotine choke. 
like an anaconda joke. And it was, <laughs> yeah, right. He goes, he goes out unconscious, completely, you know, looking up at the, like, muscles, everything's limp. You know, they stop the match, and within seven seconds, seven seconds, he's wrestling again. You know, he, he went from being choked unconscious, and you know how that feels, you know, that feeling of, like, that rush <laughs> of your head. And this is after he's wrestled for six, you know, almost six minutes. And he get, yeah. he stands up and finishes that match. I mean, those those guys are they're just as tough as you know any 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 humans that's walked planet Earth. So, I mean, I, I I think you know, and I find beauty in it all. You know, I mean, I I think that there's there's good points to each. You know, and I think that you just have to figure out how to make it work for you. You know, that's the great part about wrestling, right? Is you know, doesn't matter who you are, what size your arms are, or, you know, whatever. There's a there's a style that you can figure out to make each one of those those little things work for you. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, to me, you know, my father's an eight-degree black belt in four different martial arts. So he always wow. taught to me wow. like it's, it's a puzzle. Yeah, karate, yeah. judo, Japanese jiu-jitsu, and Shotokan. And he always just taught us that wrestling was sort of America's martial art. And yeah. that, you know, if you're stronger than me and you push, instead of pushing back, I should just pull or, you know, use your momentum against you. And, you know, what's interesting is, like, you brought up the variances that you see and you brought up, you know, that the story of of that guy getting choked out. And, you know, I'm actually, you know, I do a lot of coaching in MMA. And to me, jiu-jitsu is almost like the opposite of Greco. Like, jiu-jitsu is like where you're just laying traps for guys, a lot of times even on your back. And and they wait for you to make one, you know, mistake and then it's over. Where Greco – if you're good and I'm good, it's almost like a legal fist fight. Yeah, you know? no, it's exactly. That's a great. That's a great. Uh, that's a great way to put it. And that's what's interesting about. I mean, and I don't want to go down this path, but that's what's interesting about MMA is you have the the fist fight literally, and then you have the traps. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, yeah. So the, you know the tangents of that are really interesting. For so, sure. Yeah. So. Mike Powell is a I, – I love Mike Powell, and I know you're good friends with him. <laughs> yeah. you know, I love that guy. And he told me that you're one of the best guys he's ever seen at breaking down techniques and situations functionally. And, you know, like I told you, I was blessed to have a father like that. So yeah. how did you train yourself to see – I have sort of two questions here. How did you train yourself to see wrestling that way? And what advice would you give to young coaches on how to understand technique better and how to break down complex movements more simply? Yeah, yeah, no, and it's awesome. You know, I'm I'm glad, you know, you had you had a father that was like that. You know, I don't I think that it, it takes a lot of patience and for Mike for me to hear that that Paul said that about me, I'm 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 truly honored and humbled, you know, 'cause I think the same thing about him. You know, he Taking his brain is is like going down a wormhole. <laughs> you don't really know where you're going to end up. But yeah. he's got one of the best wrestling minds of of anybody that I've ever been around. But For sure. um, I think I think personally, it's uh, where I think mine kind of stems from, and it's not everybody's, but mine kind of stems from my mathematics background. You know, I was I, I ended up uh, graduating with a mathematics degree, so you know I took a few levels of calculus and you know kind of the same idea you know i think wrestling at 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 the the way i try to view it is it's real logical based you know i I think that you know it's a problem you you said that a a little bit ago and you know with with any problems you kind of got to look at them you know piece by piece and analyze each component kind of kind of individually and you know it it, that takes a lot of time you know it does It, it you get if you if you do it correctly you know it takes you know, an hour to watch a match, you know, a match that's, you know, you really want to analyze. You've got to look at what the left hand is doing, what the right hand is doing, left foot, right foot, you know, the hips, you know, the, the little motions. And then, you know, you look at all those individual pieces that are moving and then you look at the timing of it, you know, and it may take, like I said, you know, it, it could be an hour. You know, I think it's one of those things, you know, it, it takes – discipline to kind of do that you know but if you start to do that enough you start to see these patterns form you know and that's when you start to get me personally that's when I start to get really excited you know when I can start to see those shifts and emphasis in wrestling you know I start to see you know something I can use for my guys you know I mean that's the that's the thing right you know as coaches you want to give your guys an advantage you know 
I think, uh, you know, I think I'd heard Alexander Carlin kind of, you know, point out the fact that he was he was the first one I heard, and, he, and it's probably gone back, a, you know, a long time before him. But you know, to compare, you know, wrestling to chess, you know, and those little subtle yeah. those little subtleties of each movement, you know, within the game, you know, and I kind of I kind of took to that, you know, and it's amazing how many of these great coaches, you know, do that exact same thing, you know, and I. I, I'm, I'm nowhere near alone in, in doing this. You know, I, I was talking, it's funny, Bill Zadick, I'm out at the at the World Team Camp in, in Camp Pendleton in California right now, and Bill Zadick said the other day, he was like, um, yeah, like some, he's like, 92% of the time, you know, when you get the ankle in the air in this position, you score. And he goes, no, no, wait, I think it was like 92.3%. And I'm like, man, that is that is awesome. It I is. love it. Yeah. Really, really, to be honest, like it made me feel good about about myself a little bit. I was like, okay, so I'm not the only like uh, complete psychopath that, that, <laughs> that would that would have done that statistic. Up Let, to, let's like, use nerd. I think nerd's better than psychopath. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nerd, nerd. But I, I definitely think that there's some uh, there's there is something to that, you know. And I, 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 you know, got to travel to North Ossetia, you know, and. and you know, watch their coaches and they, they, they wrestle from the positions that are current, you know, I mean, it's, it's the same thing here, you know, it's the same thing. The best high school coaches I know do the same thing. You know, you, you get, you get to, uh, you know, you get to the point where you're, you're, you're really focusing on the positions to score the most amount of points, you know, and giving yourself the best chance to, you know, get out of a bottom and, and score the head inside single and have really good head and head defense. You know, those are the keys to high school success. And you start to kind of pick those up and, you know, you watch watch kids wrestle and, you know, at the next level and, and it shifts a little bit. You know, it doesn't necessarily change completely, but it, it kind of shifts. So um, I would say personally, you know, honestly, if I was to give, you know, a young coach uh, some some advice, you know, it's, it's just to be patient, you know, and, and, and not to kind of put the horse before the cart. You know, I'd, I'd sit down and kind of, you know, map out a good game plan, a good logical game plan for himself. You know, and overall, you know, I think everybody kind of gets into the sport and it's so emotional that they want to win right away and they might have taken some shortcuts, you know, and I think that's that's a that's something that's hard to, you know, once you kind of take those shortcuts, it's hard to get out of them. So, um, you know, I think the move of the week needs to be kind of put on the back burner. You know, everybody sees yeah. that like – the backflip and so like you know the, the young coaches you know that sees the backflip and they're cool and they want to you know they could maybe do it they they spend hours upon those like those super they're super kind of trendy instead of right. kind of you know picking out those those things that are a little bit more high percentage you know i i, I kind of equate it to i like that money ball movie yeah you know, i do i do like yeah. that for wrestling you know especially if it's a team you know it's maybe not individually you know, as much, but, you know, when you're building a team, you know, especially at the, like I said, at the high school level or even the college level, you know, you look at those those singular positions that everyone's going to have to be good in short offense. It doesn't matter if you're tall, short, whatever, you know, and there's right. ways to be good at it for a guy that's, you know, five foot two as opposed to a guy that's six foot four, obviously. But, you know, those positions don't go away just because you're taller. You just have to figure out a way to kind of you know, make, them work, make them work for you, so... You said so many things that I can relate to. First of all, I was a math nerd, took AP calculus in, <laughs> yeah. in high school. Uh, second of all, you know, just the structure of things and, and how people look at things. And, you know, when you're – one of the things that kind of ran through my head was, you know, it's like poker. Like if I really believe you have aces and I have seven deuce, I win 18% of the time. But if I call you – and I win, that wasn't the right decision. I just got lucky. And, yeah. you know, and sometimes people let the results justify the decision. Like, you know, if you went into, you know, if you had the aces and you lost, you did the right thing. And yeah. I think if you do the right thing over and over, you know, you talked about, you know, a team versus a guy, and I kind of nerded out, I think, of, of terms like sample size, right? Like yeah. the bigger yeah. your sample size is, it's like that's why baseball, you know, the re, people regress to the mean because there's 162 freaking games, you know, as yeah. opposed to football where there's 16. So some of this stuff is, I'm definitely going to have to 
next time I'm in Illinois, grab dinner with you because this is just nerd stuff I love to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and 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 you're you're exactly right. You know, you may win with that like just lucky hand, and you know, and we're humans, and when you win with that lucky hand, you're gonna feel good no matter what. Like you you may be told on the way off the mat, you know, hey, that was kind of lucky or, you know, you can't, it right. doesn't matter. You're still going to feel good because you won, you know. like right. you, it's, that, it's that special athlete that loses the right way and, and still can, kind of continues down the logical path, you know, the guy that, that, that can do that. I mean, I think the wrestling is, is easier for that person in the long haul. You know, I think that's where can, coaching comes in, though, right? Like, you know, yeah. if you do everything right and this guy just reach backs and headlocks you, like, my job is to say, look, I'd rather be coaching you than that guy because he's not going to get that reach back headlock next time yeah. and you were beating him 14 to 1 before that happened. You yeah, know? he's going to he's gonna try it every time because it worked. You know, and that's the only, other part. And this is the only chance to win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's good. Yeah. So I think that's where coaching comes in, like where if you're and if the guy you're coaching the guy that got the headlock, like, hey man, I'm glad we got the win, but we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you know, how you ended up at the Illinois RTC. Tell me about how you got there and then I guess probably tied to that is tell me about your relationship with uh Jim Hefferman. Okay, yeah, no, I think um you know, for me personally, you know, the I, I think I had I had come to a point in my career, you know, that that everybody kind of wants. You know, I think I was at I was coaching high school. I was at you know a place that was that I loved and you know that that I felt like they loved me too. You know, and I think uh, I was having some young coaches. I had an assistant coach that was awesome. You know, that and we had some young coaches that that I had coached are starting to come filter back in. You know, and and I kind of knew that my time was a little bit limited. You know, and I think I'd had some offers, you know, throughout the years, you know, to go here or there, but it was just, it was just the uh, the right time, to be honest. You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, who who doesn't want to be part of something special? And you know, you saw the potential in Illinois. You know, if you if you watch Freestyle Greco and you see, you know, how well they're doing, you know, at the at the high school level, and you see some of these kids that are kind of in, in state, you know, and even the kids that are just in the Midwest, you know, you see those and, you know, you see that, that potential and, you know, you're just going to get that, that butterfly in your stomach. And I knew it was the right decision. You know, I kind of struggled with it a little bit because, you know, I was comfortable where I was, you know, but I kind of knew, I knew that it was the right decision and, you know, year in right now, you know, I, that, I think we're definitely headed in the right direction, you know, and, and I'm glad, obviously I'm glad I kind of made it, you know, I think, uh, you know, Coach Heffernan is is awesome. You know, I think he's he's kind of rare in the fact that you know he he's so unshakable in his morals. You know, he, he's he's one of those guys. I just I I I'm kind of you know you think you know what a man is, and you know you, you're around a lot of really good people, but he's he's the best. You know, he he's a person that he's just he's a man of his word, and he treats everybody with respect. And you know, he really. And we all we all care about the the kids who wrestle. I think it's a I think it's a prerequisite to be a good coach is to really be invested in their kids. You know, not just how they do you know on a wrestling mat, but you know how they're doing in the classroom and you know what their what their lives are going to look like. You know, post post you. You know, post wrestling. You know, and I think he's one of the few people in in my time that you know really cares more about how that person's going to end up in twenty years than how they're going to do in the next match, you know, and that's, that's awesome. You know, that's a, that's a person that's easy to buy into when you're around him. He's super, you know, he's not, he's not one of those guys that's not going to jump around and, you know, act crazy, you know, but he's, he's got kind of a, a tuned down version, you know, and, and it's, it's awesome, you know, and it's, it's, it's very refreshing in today's, you know, competitive sport market, you know, that, that you still have those like cowboys, you know, you still have those guys that are that are brought it for the right reason and didn't didn't change along the way, you know. He didn't he didn't make himself any different, you know, just to just to you know be be more successful at times. And you know, he's had a lot of success, you know, and he never took those shortcuts. You know, it's it's pretty awesome. I love picking his brain about wrestling, and you know, more than that, it just makes me, you know, he's one of those guys. He just makes you want to be a better person, right? 
you know, and that's 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 what uh, that's what's great about these great coaches. You know, they don't just make you want to be good wrestler. You know, and they don't just inspire you to wrestle, but they inspire you to you know maybe take care of your kids more. You know, or or be a better husband to your wife, or you know things like that. You know, and I I think that's that's where that's where you don't see it in an interview. You know, and you don't see it when you're sitting on the mat, but you see it at you know one in the morning when he's talking you through a. a a calculus test or something like that. So yeah, he's he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he you can tell you know he was obviously an intense dude to, to succeed as much as he did, you know. But he's you know his personality looks a lot like my father's, just you know quiet and you know and I'm old, but he reminds me like E.F. Hutton, you know, when he talks, yeah. people listen. Um, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of uh, guys that. And one other quiet guy, and then one other guy who's never been accused of being quiet. <laughs> no, I think I know. I think about. I know. I think I know just by your. Uh, no, no. Let me start out by saying I love both these guys, yeah. and I had the second guy on my podcast, and I love him, Jeremy yeah. Hunter and Mike Poeta. You know, yeah. these guys are sort of the, you know, I don't, I don't even know the Abbott and Costello, the you know, Alpha and, <laughs> and Omega. Um, yeah. You know, different personalities, but. They seem like, well, first of all, I had Poeta on uh, about a year ago, and he thinks the world of Jeremy and, and of Hef. Yeah. And, you know, Jeremy's a quiet guy. I got to talk to him a little bit just through you and Mike. And tell yeah. me what those those guys are like. And just tell me about the, I don't know, the synergy or the energy that, you know, all four of you guys bring to the room. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, you know, how, how I think that they all, I think we all are a lot, a lot more different than, then maybe you could just look at and see, you know, but, you know, a guy like Jeremy Hunter, you know, I think, uh, you know, especially in, in our world that we live in with all the technology and the resources to kind of look guys up and, you know, to, to hear him speak and everything, you know, I think that sometimes maybe the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, that person that's kind of a little bit more animate and you jump around and you say outlandish, crazy things, you know, and, and yeah. you know, you get on TV a little bit more, but, you know, He's he's not good at that, you know, and there's things he's good at, but he's not good at, like, making himself the center of attention or, you know, or or doing things to promote himself. But what he is really good at is, you know, coming in every day and putting his boots on and, and, and just turning out All-Americans every single year, you know, without fail. You know, I think we we counted, and we just kind of was like me and Poetta just sitting there with our hands. So, I mean, this is a number – it was over 20 he, since he's been there, all Americans between 125 and 141, you know, and, and any time you talk to any of those guys, you know, <laughs> if you talk, you talk to BJ Futrell, you talk to Zane Richards or Jesse Delgado or, you know, Kyle Ott or whoever, you know, you talk to them and it's like you, you within seven, eight, ten seconds of talking about Illinois or talking about any practice they've ever had, they'll all mention Jeremy Hunter. You know, and they'll say like he he was the toughest partner that they had. You know, it doesn't didn't matter. He wasn't you know maybe as flashy, but his knowledge is like a river. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't stop. And and he's one of those guys. He's he's invested. You know, yeah. it's one of the, that that's a. I think for me that's a pretty common trait. You know, for great coaches. You know, I don't I don't think everybody that is a good coach has it, but I think every great coach I've ever met is is invested in their kids, you know, would do anything. We'd get up at 3 in the morning, come work out with you. Not even say, you know, and call him coach, you don't want to come drill, it's 2.30. Okay, I'll be there, you know, and, and he's awesome. You know, he, he's great. You know, it's not it's not a guy you're going to sit in the room with and, and you know, and, and, and he's going to wow you with with his crazy comments and everything else, you know, but is a guy – that if you if you need dependability and you need a guy that's going to sit in your corner and be in your corner every second, no matter what, you know that's that's the guy I would want for myself personally. You know he's he's awesome, and then Mike, Mike's great too. You know he he's awesome. You know he 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 loves the thing I see with him more is he he loves where he's at. You know he loves he not, loves Illinois. Not, he, he loves, loves Illinois. Illinois. It's it's in in it, 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 it. There's a lot of coaches that coach, and they love coaching, and they love being at the highest level of, of college wrestling and, and all that thing, and being in the Big Ten and whatever. But that's that's really not him. You know, he's he there. Loves Illinois. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and and it's motivating. You know, it's inspiring. You know, you feed off of it when you hear him talk about. 
you know, this kid or that kid or whatever, you know, where we're headed and, you know, all the rest of the thing. Like, it, it makes your, you know, chest puff out a little bit more. You know, he, he can still scrap, man. He can still scrap. Oh, he can, I know. He gets in there with those, I, you know, I, he goes with Isaiah. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy how, how fast he is and how explosive, you know, but yeah. then, but then he'll drop his shoes and go grab his MacBook and make an awesome graphic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, he's multifaceted. He's very talented. You know, he's, a, he's a great yeah. coach, and he, he, you know, he's he's a guy who studies the game. You know, he he has he he can you know he can quote how many you know to be in matches he's seen, and you know he he goes through and he's he's everything he did it wasn't luck. You know, and he did it through like he tells the stories about like you know there was no full wrestling or you know track wrestling or anything like that. You know, it was it was him you know trading VHS tapes. You yeah. know, and he, he learned his elbow shove from Tadiev on a VHS tape. I, mean, I, I just love that story. You know, but yeah, it talks about sure. his passion, you know, and and, and, he, and he's perfect for where he is. You know, that's what's great. You know, he's exactly where he needs to be. So. Yeah, he's super high energy, and, you know, I got a chance to hang out with him a little bit at World Cup. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was – you know, I, there's a young guy there that I had, you know, that's pretty good that few people want to. Sure. Recruit. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so you know, we got a, you know, we got a chance to talk, and uh, I'm good friends with Matt Collum and Matt and Poeta. Oh, awesome. He's awesome. Matt, yeah. Matt's awesome too. He's one of those. Yeah, I, he's one of those gems in the northern part of the state that nobody really. Well, he's now in the northern part, but he's, yeah, he's, he's he, awesome. He came back home, so we miss him oh. down here in St. Louis. But shout out to Matt. Yeah. Um, love that guy. And, and he did a lot of training with that kid we were talking about, but mm-hmm. he, you know, we, you know, talking to Poeta and it kind of leads me into my next question. You know, I told him, I said, look, you know, right now, the way it's gone, a lot of the, the best recruits out of Illinois are not staying there, you know, that, and it's, it's not a compliment and not an insult. It's just a fact, you know, if, like if you, I run Missouri Border Brawl, and we, you know, try to get the best kids from the touching states. And mm-hmm. 2017, there was, like, nine top 100 kids, and, you know, none of them had, had signed with Illinois. This yeah. year, you guys picked up a couple. You know, i got to give a shout-out to the Bronicles. They're right across the river here. So awesome. Those kids are your lunch bucket guys. Like, they just want to go get it. Um, yeah. You know, so to me, the future of Illinois – is tied to the four coaches we've talked about and also keeping the best talent in state. Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we talk about all the time is keeping our best kids in state. You know, you can't, obviously you can't keep them all, you know, but you want the ones that you can target and the ones that you kind of go after, you want them to feel comfortable with the staff, you know, and it was a change, you know, I mean, obviously, me coming in and Mike coming in the last year, you know, that's, that's a change. That's a shift from, from what was here in the past, you know, and I, I, I coached in the state and I, I got it, you know, I completely understood, you know, maybe some of the, of the reasons and, and, you know, things that, things that maybe, you know, stop kids from coming here, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're addressing and, you know, hard after, you know, fixing those things, you know, I mean, the big thing, you know, I, I've, I've read this, quote it was uh pat summit she was a uh, you know uh girls basketball coach for Tennessee women's coach unbelievable women's coach. awesome awesome but you know every year she kind of like wowed people with her you know her recruiting classes you know and she said well truthfully i don't like look at stars i don't look at like one two three fours you know obviously that's an indication on how well they can do but you know i look at i look for people that are unapologetically passionate about basketball, you know, and, and to be honest, like that's the vibe I get right now. You know, when you walk in the room and you see, you know, Emory Parker and Michael Carr, you know, two of the hardest working SOBs I've been around, you know, just getting after it, you know, you see that, that upper echelon, you know, that Emory Parker and you see the middle guy, you know, Michael Carr, you know, he's just kind of sophomore, you know, senior, sophomore, but then, you know, you, you see those brown angles show up and, you know, they're like little dogs, just tails wagging and, you know, ready to roll. And, you know, they, they'll they get in there and get in Isaiah's face and, you know, try to back it up. And if they get smacked down, they jump right back up and get in his face and they're ready to kind of go the next day. You know, so I do feel like that, 
that we are 100% headed in the right direction because I get that vibe that that the people that are in that room care about wrestling, you know, and, and they love it and they're passionate about the sport and, and where they're at. And so I think they got a little chip on their shoulder and, you know, good, good. We'll see, yeah. where, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, you know, one of the, the hot topics in wrestling right now are RPCs. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was blessed to get an interview with Kendall Cross talking about, you know, the Chimizo situation there. And it, it it's just a microcosm of just all the different ways that uh, RPCs are being utilized. And, you know, I originally sort of indirectly or incorrectly thought, hey, the colleges will really impact the RPCs. And yeah. I, I think now the RTCs are really impacting the colleges. So as the guy that's, you know, running the RTC, how do you feel about their role in wrestling? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. You know, it's been it's been around for a bunch of years, and it's kind of grown. You know, it's like anything, you know, you, anything that's good, because I do think it's good. You know, anything that's good is going to change. It's going to evolve and get better, you know, get better or die. You know, and I, and I think – you know, the RTCs are, are getting better. You know, I think it, they're good as long as they're monitored and, and made to, to be, you know, not used the wrong ways, I guess. You know, because I think when you when you have what you just said, which is just pretty much like the athletes are there to get themselves Olympic titles. Like, they're there to train and make themselves better. You know, they're not there to recruit the next, you know, you know, senior in high school. You know, I think when you start getting into that and it's not as much about training the athletes, I mean, we're going to stun our own growth because there is only so many athletes. And what's going to happen is in in the end, you're just going to run out of good athletes and, you know, one team's going to have them all and, you know, the team with the most money wins, you know, and I don't, I don't think that that's a good thing. You know, I think that, you know, for the most part, it's, it should be, you know, about trying to win more Olympic medals. You know, we're we're the best wrestling country in the world right now. You know, and I think that, you know, when it, the RTC system has, a, has had a big impact on that, you know, and, and I think when used kind of, like I said, it's the right way, I think it gives our, our athletes a chance to make some money and, you know, provide for their families and not have to, you know, do what, join the military to, to, to get their trips, you know, paid for overseas. You know, it's awesome. And I'm sure, I'm sure USA Wrestling, I mean, I, I hear them talk, you know, but, I'm sure they love it. You know, they love it that, you know, you get these little pockets of wrestling that kind of bring up these great wrestlers and, you know, they can use it, use themselves as kind of overall overseers. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's great. You know, it's a great system and, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see in the next four years where it goes. Cause I think you, you kind of get that feeling right now that, you know, there's something it's changing and it feels like for right now it's changing for the better that, it's getting more competitive and, and guys are getting, you know, we're getting better as a country. So it's working. It's just whether, you know, it, it gets inadvertently cut off before, before it reaches its pinnacle. Right. It's, it's the phrase I've been using a lot lately, but it's, it's layered. It's complex. It's yeah. It's, and it's like anything that anytime a new thing comes available, people are going to look, I don't even mean this as a as an insult. They're going to look to take advantage of it. Like, you know, yeah. you can, you're a nerd, I think, like I am, and I mean that as a compliment. So <laughs> yeah, no. You can, when you can go on YouTube or track or these other places and go watch matches, you're crazy to not take advantage of that, right? So, Absolutely. And so the same thing happens with an RTC. Like, oh, so we've got an RTC, so we can – we can bring guys in from different countries, from different schools, from high schools. And while they're here training with the RTC, they can think about coming to college here. Like, it would be insane to not be aware of that and to not, you know, try to use that to improve your current situation. It, it's just obviously, you know, them regulating it and it, and the overall good of it being, how do we help this grow USA wrestling? Because, I've been lucky enough to have Cody Bickley on the show a couple times and have Zeke Jones on the show, who I think was one of the guys that really pushed this initially. And, you know, I think everyone is benefiting from it. It's just a matter of, like you said, you know, keeping everybody coloring inside the lines. Yeah, yeah, no. And then I think, 
when you have the idea that the pinnacle of wrestling is a, is an Olympic gold medal, I think you you keep that in your in your head, and and I think all decisions become a lot easier, and the way we use the RTCs become a lot more easily regulated. You know, I think that you know when the RTC is there to only make your college team better. And the RTC athletes are only there to be practice partners for the incoming freshmen. It's it's not being used the right way, and there's going to be a ton of cheating. You know, in the end, like that's when you're going to see the people that are going to be kind of, you know, like you said, kind of coloring out the, you know, coloring out the other line, out, out the other line. So yeah, for sure. Well, I, I want to end on something or well, two things but one of them is you have a big event coming up in september we're we're recording this on the night of august 26th it'll probably yeah. go up you know right around the end of august so tell me the who what when where why about your september event oh uh, yeah so it's actually in october um october. October, yeah october 6th um we're trying to kind of make it we we got contacted by a uh uh charity organization called Next Level Opportunities in Chicago, and they've done a couple of charity wrestling events up there, and they've been, you know, talked about and pretty cool, and I think a lot of high school kids wrestled in them, and, you know, Stephen Abbas and, you know, some, you know, higher level, Sam Hayeswinkle and BJ Fertrell and, you know, uh, Haslan Garcia and, and a few other guys. So it's it's had some pretty high-level wrestlers and had some success. So we're we're pretty excited, you know, working with Mike Powell a little bit with it, you know, to kind of make it more of an event. Than, than just a wrestling match, you know, and, and we're gonna, we're kind of on the right path, and you know, I think this is gonna be one of those things that people that go there are just gonna be, you know, wild at how awesome wrestling can be, you know, for the evening. So I think we're we're starting off the the day with kind of a beat the streets clinic. Um, I think that goes from like eleven to one. Um, doors open at six. We're gonna have a catered meal by Paletta's dad. Actually owns a uh he he's part of it and he's kinda of donating his time and he's gonna put his meats up in up in Chicago is awesome. So they get the best sausages I've ever had. So they're they're it's amazing. So that all you can eat and all you can drink, open bar, you know, some of the best food you're gonna eat and then we have our, our comedy acts going on the on the stage at seven o'clock. We got seven to seven twenty, we're gonna have the comedy stylings of uh Joe Rao who who uh you know, he's he's a world team member in Greco, but he's been doing his comedy on the side. And uh, uh, he's funny. He's a funny guy. So no one's going to heckle he's... that dude anyway. No, no, that would be silly. <laughs> but he's, he, he'll just laugh. Even if, yeah. just, you can't really be around him without laughing. So I can't imagine how good he can be. You know, I think that's what he's kind of looking at doing, you know, when he's done with wrestling. And, you know, it's awesome. So I think we got some honorary coaches coming, you know, afterwards. I know Dan Gable and uh Mark Johnson um are gonna be kind of the, the the honorary coaches and then we're gonna kinda start the night. We got eight uh or seven. Eight, eight. We got eight uh high school matches that start. Um we're gonna start with the Beat the Streets, the Chicago Beat the Streets match. And then yeah. we got seven super awesome high school matches that you know we're we're pretty much picked because you know they they're they have excitement factor for us you know yeah. being from Illinois they could be you know we got a guy from around your your area is going to come up and wrestle the best the best kid in Illinois at that around him so i mean it's going to be it's going to be awesome then we got three professional matches um afterwards we got starting off we got Randy Miranda and Travis Rice are going to wrestle Greco um those two I mean they're both just high intensity high scores so you know we look for a lot of excitement there then we have Zane Richards is going to wrestle NCAA champ uh Darren Cruz you know if you've ever watched Darren Cruz wrestle he's got this just slick potent offense and you know Zane's got that that real stingy position and you know great great defense and you know counter offense stuff and that that's going to be awesome you know i'm I'm super pumped to see that and then we're going to end with uh isaiah martinez two-time ncaa champ wrestling uh uh world champion richie lewis you know and richie lewis is a hammer in freestyle that kid uh i was over there in poland when i watched him just run through that 70 kilo bracket you know and i i think that 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 in itself if you if you know isaiah you watched him wrestle this this past year he's kind of coming into his own freestyle but i think both those guys as far as i'm concerned 
you know, the next kind of heir apparent to that 74 kilo, you know, bracket whenever they whenever they finally either, you know, take over the king or, or not. But, you know, I think that those two are going to be kind of right there battling it out. So it's it's going to be awesome, you know. And then afterwards, you've got the UFC is going to go up on a big projection screen, you know, and, you know, Conor McGregor and Khabib are going to fight it out. And it's going to be awesome. So you can get your uh, ticket information if you go to Next Level App dot com that's next level opp dot com and uh you know, it's got all the stuff about the tickets and everything so it's gonna be awesome and people can't attend but they want to donate can they do that through that website as well i believe so i believe so i mean we always take you know i know i know that's through next level and they're a 501c3 so you know they they graciously you know offered to to donate the profits to us so I think that you can, yeah, you can for sure get your tickets on there, and you know if you wanted to give them away or or not, you know that that's your prerogative. So yeah. Well, for sure. So I think you got a couple of guys that I'm pretty familiar with. I think Noah Certain and Vinny Zervin are in this meet. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, Noah Certain, state champ, is is wrestling world champion Matt Ramos. So I mean, just that right there. You know, that's, yeah, that's a great match. It's so awesome. Like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta love that. You know, I mean, this is just two of the matches, you know, and then, uh, got Vinny is wrestling, uh, Travis Ford Mountain. You know, and Travis oh. Ford Mountain is one of those, like, if you've ever seen him wrestle, like, he, he's explosive and, and just moving a lot. And then you got Vinny who can just wrestle from all positions. You know, I actually, I, I coached, I coached Vinny in Vegas. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no. So you you know him, you know him better than anybody, <laughs> you know. And I mean, just just think about how many points could go on the board in that match. Maybe you know, coach like that. is a strong word. I handed him a sweatshirt because he's killing people. Just let him let him tear through everyone. But yeah, no, that's what we're that's what we're uh, looking at. So I mean, it's going to be awesome. And so, Vinny I mean, reminds me for people that haven't seen him wrestle. It's a huge compliment. I don't mean to put this on him, but he wrestles a little bit like a young Satiev. Yeah. You know, it's just really creative and is not afraid to try things. And, you know, it'll cost him one out of ten, but the other nine he's going to win because of it. And he just is – and he's a super – just not that I guess it matters, but he's just a really good kid. Yeah, and, no, and he's, he's evolving. He's evolving, uh, you know, as, as the – He's young, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean he learns from learns from his mistakes and you know kind of gets better and you know uh, he, he's he's exciting you know he's, that's the thing I see from him I mean he's watching wrestling it's just and your heart rate goes up and you watch him you know that that's going to be a great match so I mean and then we got I think there's a you know I know Luke Odom he's from down by you guys too yeah um, him and Noah are coming the up same team. yeah yeah so he's coming up and wrestling uh, Danny Pacino. Which Danny Pacino is kind of like the Chicago Luke Odom, you know, and then there you go. it's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, and there's there's several others. We can't really give them away. Uh, no, they're it's gonna fine. Kind of, they're putting yeah. them out one one by one in the next couple of weeks, and you know, there's more. There's more super exciting ones. So I'm fired well, up. I was actually one of the coaches at the Future Olympian Camp in Colorado Springs, and in between sessions, I was grabbing some interviews for track, and I. I'm interviewing certain – I'm actually friends with Noah's dad and his high school coach. And sure. it's the same day that Ramos wins the world title. Yeah. And, it's you know – awesome, right? Yeah. I would have, but, you know, it's cool because Ramos took third in the weight that certain took first. Yeah. And, you know, but you – you would think that maybe, like, there would be, like, I don't know, some jealousy or something like that. And it wasn't. It was just like, you know, that's awesome. It shows you how strong Illinois is. And, yeah. you know, I just thought that was his level of maturity there was super impressive. Yeah, so. these kids these kids love each other. And it's being a part of Illinois for as long as I have, you know, I, Illinois wrestling just in general getting is, is probably one of the coolest things. You know, watching them kind of overachieve for each other and getting each other's corner and, you know, how the state kind of bonds together is, is it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, one of it's kind of an interesting segue, and I, I guess I'm getting better at this because I didn't even think it was going to come up this way, but it kind of works out well. Kerry yeah. Bowman was up there at the at the OTC camp as well with his sons, and super. I mean, you know, Kerry, just awesome dude. Yeah, yeah. 
he was like the chillest dad there. Like he was the one guy that as a dad was not trying to do anything that could probably have run the whole damn camp. And, yeah. uh, you know, but one of the things he and I spoke about was Illinois dominance at age group stuff. Like, you know, Mikey Benefield wrestled for us and he's coaching the schoolboys. And then, you know, your guy's success at the cadet and the junior level. And, you know, when, when Illinois won't lost, at juniors on that pin at the, you know, against Minnesota, mm-hmm. like Illinois is, uh, you know, the Patriots or Darth Vader or whatever you want to call it. Like they're expected to win, you know? And so when it doesn't happen, it's crazy. One of the things that came up and it's kind of ludicrous, but I want you to just point it out is this debate that Illinois, the reason why they win Fargo is the number of guys they bring that it's a quantity over quality argument <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah that argument's out there right yeah and, no it's it's wrong it's, it's right, just so wrong tell tell people the right perspective they should have okay all right now and, and i'm gonna break out my nerd hat here you know and i think uh you know and, and i heard it through twitter and and everything else just like everyone you know there was a certain maybe wrestling news organization that were pretty loud loudly saying you know that that Illinois was only dominant because they had the most amount of kids, which which could be right, you know. And then I kind of had to investigate it, you know, kind of look at my own path. I knew I knew how much our state puts into it. I know, you know, from the admins to the coaches to the parents to the athletes to the kids clubs to, you know, all those great things that kind of go into this system, you know, and I, I see it firsthand. So, I mean, I kind of had to take a step back and be like, well, you know, why why wouldn't this be right? Well, if you look at it by number, you know, and, and you know, you take a team like Washington. Washington does really good for themselves for the amount of kids that they bring. So they brought 59 kids to Fargo last year, and they scored 45 points. Or a team like California, they brought 43 kids, and they scored 42 points. So that's, that's pretty good. That's .76 and .98 points per kid. So that's 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 each kid is scoring about a point, and at Fargo, the way they score it, only all Americans count. So they, and there's they no get, bo- and let's talk about this real quick. There's no bonus points and no advancement no points. points. It's just placing points. Yeah, yeah, just okay. placing points. So that's that's really good. And then and then they said, well, we won because we brought 72 kids, and and you know that's a lot more than Washington brought and California brought because they did the best points per kid except for us. We brought 72 kids, but we scored 110 points, which is 1.5 points per kid. And yeah. that, that, that's a significant difference, you know, and then we, we talk about that in mathematics is, you know, that's a t- statistical significant difference between, you know, yeah. 0.78, 0.98, and then, you know, 1.5. So well, you the, know, I was eyeballing it in my head, and it's basically like three-fourths point for point and then one and a half. I'm like, that, those are not comparable. Yeah, 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 and I know. I mean, some people yell and make these crazy statements that aren't, you know, supported by mathematics. But you know, this is this is the facts, and this is the facts that we have won. And I'm not saying this is always going to be true because you you can't say we're going to be good forever. You know, it could end this year. You know, this could be this could have been the last year. Who knows? I don't think so because our school boys are amazing. I don't know if you saw those guys wrestle there, lights out. But like this. These these kids, you know, are winning not because there's more of them, because the ones that are there are better, you know, and and the ones that are there are are outplacing themselves. You know, they go to the state tournament and don't qualify and have to go through a regional and then get to Fargo and had to have gone through all those trials and adversity of the Illinois system and they win it, you know, and they have, it's awesome coaching and it's awesome you know to sit back and watch and you know everything else. But at the end of the day, it's about those kids and it's about their experience and you know. I hated how that organization kind of belittled their achievement by just saying, well, there's more of them. That's why they win, you know, easy, you know, that's well, it. And then we just say for, it and then make it fact because we have a microphone. It's not correct. Well, <laughs> you got a chance back to back yeah. I, maybe for people that aren't super math nerds like us, maybe here's another way to say it. If every team had brought 100 kids and performed to the same level, Illinois would have scored 150 points. Washington would have scored 98. Yep. California would have scored 75, and everybody else was behind them. Yeah, no, it's, it's exactly it. It's exactly it. And to but be I mean, honest, that's almost a cleaner way to sort of think of it. You know, yep. like 
Okay. Like that makes sense now, right? Like, okay, now we know what we're saying on apples yeah. to apples. So yeah. the way for Washington and California, like California was at 0.75. So what they need to do is get their guys twice as good and bring one more guy than you. Yeah. That would be that's how they true. would win. And that's how they should look at it. That's how right. people in wrestling, that's how wrestling is. For me personally, like that's what wrestling means. Like work harder, do a better job. And then hopefully you get a good result that you can live with. You know, I don't think that like changing the way, which I heard they're going to change the way Fargo scored and, you know, it's just going to widen the gap because the big story is being missed. The big story is what are, what are we doing correctly? You know, when it comes down to it, it's not, it's not any single piece. It's all of these giant pieces that work together as, you know, spokes on a wheel and, and do a great job for, for a state. You know, that's what, Instead of analyzing why we win, you know, necessarily like point by point, they should analyze, you know, how how's Izzy Style doing in their practices that they're that they're that they're getting these kids motivated to wrestle, or you know, guys from, you know, uh, you know, any of those countless other schools, you know, in, in Oak Park and, you know, all these other schools, Lockport and you know things like that. And I don't want to keep going because I'm going to forget great ones. So right. I mean, it's it's hard for it's hard for me to sit here and listen to you know them. Be, be belittled because really what they should be looking at is is how did these coaches get their athletes as good as they are. So, in my opinion. Yeah. Not, well, opi- not opinion. Get, not opinion, no, right? I, I wanted you to get that out there because it, it isn't, you know, it, it, like I, I'm blessed to have a, uh, a podium, you know, an audience, mm-hmm. and I, I do my best to not interject myself in these, I mean, I sometimes I can't help but I love talking about my dad and things like that. But yeah. I definitely try to separate fact from opinion. And you know, I, I had no idea we were such nerds in common, honestly. <laughs> but it, and it's it's very cool for me. I'm sure nobody else cares, but I care. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. it, it is, it, it, it's just like you know, like the Bronicles are kids I watched grow up, and like to say, well. They just won because they had 70-something other teammates there. <laughs> just kind of ridiculous. Crazy. So, Crazy you know, One of the things that I just wanted to close with, because I feel like it's it's an interesting perspective giver. You know, if, if you, you know, could visit with you from, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, some, you know, maybe critical moment, and give yourself a piece of advice about wrestling or, or maybe life, you know, what would that piece of advice be? Well, I mean, to be, it's a hard question because you're, you're kind of, for me personally, you know, I kind of love how it turned out. So I wouldn't want any like butterfly effect, you know, to happen that I changed one little thing and it sent me down another course. You know, I think, uh, if there was one thing I, I, I could tell myself is that it's, it's going to be okay. You know, in the end, you know, I, I had a bunch of changes of direction, you know, from the, from the Marines to, to fighting in college and coaching and all the rest of these things and you know you stumbles along the way and you know but I think I tell myself like hey it's going to be all right you know you're going to end up with a wife you adore and a, you know some kids that that you love and you know a family that you're going to you're going to be happy to see every time you see them and you know a job that you're going to wake up every day with a smile on your face and you know and and with a purpose so all of those things that are going to happen along the way that are going to be a big deal, you know, they're not going to be that big a deal because they're going to lead you, lead you to the place you are right now. So, you know, without them, who knows where you're going to be. So it's, a, it's, it's going to be all right. I guess that's, that's the big, the big thing I would have told myself because I probably beat myself up a lot more than I should have. Yeah. It's good perspective though. Right. I mean, and, and sometimes perspective comes with age and hopefully with age comes wisdom, right? Like, yeah. You know, if you wake up in the morning and you're sore than you were 10 years ago, hopefully you're at least smarter to make up for that. You know, otherwise, for sure. For sure. <laughs> otherwise, for it's sure. just all the pain and none of the pleasure. So, yep. um, once again, just to close things out, what is the name of the event that you guys are running, just so we can say it the right way? It's the Next Level Opportunity um, Event Wrestling Charity Event in Chicago. Um, it's nextlevelop.com. That's Next Level opp.com you get your tickets and you know be there it's going to be awesome 
I've seen it a lot on social media. I know we're going to get it to Andy Hamilton, and I'm sure he'll probably end up putting up an article about it sometime here in the next 30 days or so. And, Coach, I, I know, you know, I've been trying to connect with you, and you're running around like crazy. I appreciate you carving some time out for us. Uh, please tell Poeta I said hello. Please say hi to, to Jeremy for me. And, uh, and you know, slap Paul on the head the next time you see him, okay? <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do all of those. And uh, thank you so much for, for doing what you do for wrestling. You know, I, I'm, we're in the golden age right now for USA and, and guys like you that are in the trenches and, you know, get us out and, you know, make wrestling, you know, at the forefront. You know, I respect it and, you know, don't get near the credit for the, for the gold medals that they deserve, but it's, it's awesome. So thank you. Well, it's, this has been my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, from the University of Illinois RTC, the Director of Operations, Coach Brian Medlin, this is David Maricatani. We'll speak to you all next week.